Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. Welcome back to the Dwell Podcast, everybody. This is Natalie Abbott, your host. And today we have one last episode with our friend, Jamie Ivey. We are talking about the verse from Matthew 514. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Welcome back, Jamie. I can't believe this is our last one. We need to do like three more. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. (laughs) Uh, Well, it's been really great. We've talked a lot about calling and what does it mean to shine the light of Jesus in our lives? How do we you know, share our faith? How do we walk in the calling and the gifting with the passions and the talents that God has given us? You know, all, How do those mesh together to really, um, to fulfill this verse that we're told that you know, Jesus is telling, Jesus who is, you know, also talks about how he is the light of the world. He calls us the light of the world, which is like mind blown right there. Right. So if we're the light of the world and we have this immense calling on our lives that sometimes can feel overwhelming or like, how do I do that? I think one of the things that Jamie really does a great job of talking about in her book, UBU, she talks about comparison and how it cripples us in our calling and discontentment being something too that just, it just ruins us for this idea that of fulfilling the calling that God has put on our lives. Jamie, one of the things that you do in your book is you're totally real with us. And I love that because it's almost ironic because you're the person that we're all looking at like, oh, it's Jamie Ivy. She's got it all together. And you're like, oh, no, girl, I got these problems. And I'm wondering, am I going to succeed? Does my life matter? You know, that that you, somebody who everyone else is maybe comparing themselves to, struggles with the same comparison struggle. It's so true. And I think you know, it's kind of you to say that, but I always have to remember, like, there's somebody that's ahead of me that I'm looking at that as well. And so there's no, there's no end game on that. There's Mm -hmm. always someone else. There's always something that's better at, or has it better or has less struggle, you know, or less pain. So there's the people we could compare. It's endless. We could play this game all day long for the rest of our lives. Um, but it is suffocating as well. It's suffocating. And I think when we compare, like we think, okay, like comparison is bad. And and it's, it's difficult because like sometimes we compare things that it's not wrong. Like when I go to the grocery store, like I'll compare cantaloupes, which one do I want to buy? You know, like not the worst thing in the world, but comparison, uh, sometimes we can use it to make ourselves feel better than other people, Mm -hmm. which to me is really dangerous for myself. Is to be like, well, at least I'm not as bad as her. Like, oh my gosh, is that the worst thing you've ever heard someone say? Like, what is wrong with your heart? Like, that's to me, that's the scariest thing when that comes out in my life. It's like, well, at least I'm better than her. And so we're comparing, but it brings up envy, it brings up jealousy, it brings up pride in what I just explained. Um, you know, and envy tells us you deserve more, you should get better. This isn't enough. God's holding out on you. And so it's like this cycle of destruction that we get into. And I'll, I'll tell you, it's hard to get out. And two ways that I found that helped me fight this the most. Number one is people knowing my business, like people up in my business. Huh. There, there was a time in particular, it was a handful of years ago, my one of my friends that used to travel with me, there was a season 
poor Amanda. Like just, she just had to listen to this. There was a season when I could not stop talking about this other woman mm. and it wasn't so much. I wasn't being mean. I was just always wondering how's she doing this? What is she doing to be successful? Maybe yeah. I should do more like her or act like more like her. And, and I look back, I'm like my poor friend, but she was always gracious and kind to point me back to the truth and to remind me, Hey, you're not her, you know, and B, you're never going to be like her and you need to be you, you know, like she was the one telling me like, you need to be yourself. And so bringing people in to hold you accountable that are in your business. And then the second thing is if I'm comparing myself to someone and I'm either feeling greater than or less than one of the things that helps me the most is when I cheer other women on. And this is especially for women that are either in your same field or they have what you want. You know, you think about the woman who is struggling with infertility and then, of course, her friends are getting pregnant. Hmm. The woman who is struggling to make the next level in her company. And of course, her friends are all that. You know, the woman who is looked over for the job promotion at school and her best friend got it. I mean, we we all have those times in our life and we can start comparing ourselves to them of, why don't I have that? What's better about her than me? Which we'll talk about discontentment. I mean, they all kind of run together. It's like jello comparison, discontentment. And like what, where, what's the difference? Um, but when I began to cheer my friends, on, like genuinely be happy for them, genuinely want the best for them. Even if the, their best is not what I'm getting, that helps me fight that whole comparison is because I'm for the people around me. I have decided I'm going to cheer for them and not want to be them. And that is a shift and it helps your heart to stay more aligned with the gospel when you're doing that. Hmm. So you talk about how comparison always disappoints us. It never, it never gives us the thing that we think that we want, right? And so this idea of being a cheerleader, killing that you know, comparison fight that we have. So what I want to know is why do we still do it? I know it's not going to make me happy, but why, why do I still have this battle that I'm struggling against? I mean, this is what Paul said at the end of Romans seven. He's like, I want to do what I know is right. And I do what is wrong, you know? And then Romans eight, thank goodness says, but there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So it's this, like, I always say like, why do I keep sitting? It's because that's what I know how to do best. Like <laughs> I'm like the best of the best, you know, we're sinners. Like we sin because it's what humanity does. Uh, now that is not to say that we don't fight our sin like crazy. And that's not to say that we don't overcome things because we do. It's not even to say that sin is going to have power over us because God's word is clear that it can't. So, you know, all of those things are true. And so the reason is because we have this in us, that sin nature that we want what we can't have. I mean, look at Adam and Eve. We want what we can't have. And so that also leads to discontentment of it's not fair. My life is not as good as hers because she has what I want. But in the fact, we're we're losing that trust in God that we cannot be content right where we are. And, you know, you know, I know something funny, funny, Natalie, is when I was in high school, uh, did y'all do letter jackets where you got like, if you were varsity on something? Okay. Yes, ma'am. Yes. I mean, I didn't have one, but the cool kids did. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm happy to say I got my letter jacket when I was a freshman in high school. Oh, girl. I know, right? Here's what's funny is I grew up in a Christian home. Uh -huh. which means I grew up with two parents who followed Jesus then. They still do now. And we went to church all the time. Um, I would have called myself a Christian, but girlfriend was not acting like a Christian at all. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and I will say that I started following Jesus at 21. Okay. Mm -hmm. So all through high school, here I am. You're a poser. I'm a poser. 
one on Sunday mornings, I might act like I got the spirit, but Monday through Saturday is nothing. Uh And on the back of my letter jacket, it said my name, Jamie. And then underneath it said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. (laughs) (laughs) Another funny story is I've been out of high school for a long time. I'm 42. My husband just convinced me to throw my letter jacket away. I've held on to it. No. (laughs) Four years. Oh, you think he shouldn't have? I mean, you should have given that to your daughter because I'm sure oh. she would have worn that with pride. <laughs> the problem was it, it's that pleather stuff. It was all sticky and nasty. Oh, yeah. No, he was right. He I was, let it go. He was I, right. And we're going to get a new letter jacket in heaven, and it's going to actually be true. Thank you. And the back <laughs> of the verse will be true. My point is that verse that Paul says that, you know, like I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength is like, we, we say this and we love this and it's a, it's true. Yes. Mm-hmm. But what Paul was also saying is he's writing this from jail and, you know, he's been shipwrecked. He's been persecuted, all of these things. And Paul's saying in the midst of the most difficult, I can do all things because of the strength of Christ. And so it's almost like I can be content no matter what life throws my way, not because I'm awesome, not because I can pull myself up by my bootstraps, but only because of Jesus. And so having that mindset and listen, it's a mindset. It's why God tells us to renew our minds. It's why you guys do what you do, because we got to read the same verses over and over again. We got to put them in our hearts. We got to put them on our mind because we forget. Mm-hmm. You know, I love Amen. what you guys do because it helps us. It puts it in front of us. You know, like God says, write it on your walls, talk with your kids about it. And you yeah. guys are like, write it on your arms. I love Put it. it in front of your face every day, <laughs> there, every day. Uh, and it's because we are so prone to wonder and so prone to forget. And so I know I am. And, and I just, I, I want to not, I don't think I'll ever conquer contentment. Mm-mm. I think I'll always have to fight for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. one day we'll get to heaven and we'll get our letter jackets. <laughs> we'll be so happy. <laughs> You're going to get like your senior letter. Yeah. Yeah. All the buttons and the stickers and the whatever pins that you get, all the things. Uh, I love it. Yeah. I think it's funny what you said about having just one verse and like putting it like the, that's why we do the tattoos. And I remember when my sister Vera had said to me like, Hey, we're just, I think if we just memorize one verse a month and I'm like, one verse a month. I don't think that's enough. And she had kind of like recruited me to to write. And I'm like, how am I going to write about one verse a month and put out content like for every single day on Instagram and four or five blogs a month? I'm like, that is, there's no way that's happening. And I'm telling you, Jamie, I can just, I could write on this first forever. Like you cannot exhaust th- the concepts that are in these verses. And that's so beautiful, you know, yeah, that they're, yeah. That God's word, it it really does still speak, and it mm. is so profound that you oh, can't yeah. you can't exhaust it. So one thing that I want to have you tell us, because I just I read this part of your book, and I I read it today. Actually, I was kind of prepping for this and feeling like a little bit, you know, anxious or whatever. I'm like, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? And I was like, you know what? I am going to go out and I'm going to sit in my daughter's hammock and just enjoy this book. I'm just going to read it and I'm not going to highlight anything. I'm just going to read it and I'm going to let it speak to me. Let the Lord speak to me through it. And it was the chapter about discontentment. And you tell a story about a a cactus in that chapter that just, it made me ball. I was like, this is so perfect. So would you tell our listeners that story? Because I just think it is such a great way of thinking about 
being content with where we are. In the Bloom Where You're Planted chapter. Oh, is that it? That's it. Okay. And you and Aaron had gone on a trip together and I'm yeah. Trip. Okay. So Aaron and I went to Sedona, Arizona, um, which I highly recommend. Side note, great place of vacation. Mm-hmm. So we fly, I'm in Austin, Texas. We fly to Phoenix. And then from Phoenix, we take a very beautiful drive. I don't know, two and a half hours up to Sedona. And while we're driving, we see all of the massive, you know, you see them, they have the big arms, um, the, the, I always mess it up, saguaro, I think that's how you say it, the saguaro, I mean, they're beautiful. We definitely have cactus a lot in Texas, but nothing like that. Hmm. And so we're driving and I just am loving them and I love seeing them. And the closer we get to Sedona, I start realizing that we're not seeing them as often. And then when we get to Sedona, I realize we're not seeing them at all. They're not here. Hmm. Uh, I don't know why I noticed it. I'm not like a plant lover by any means, but it just kind of made a mental note. And then we went on a little Jeep tour, which was great through these mountains. And the guy was pointing out stuff to us and he was pointing out some cactus. And he said, did anyone notice there are not any, there are no saguaro cacti up here. And I was like, I noticed like, look at me, student of the year over here. And um, he said, the reason is, is because they can't survive here because it freezes it's in northern arizona and it actually freezes up there and they're so large that their cacti things whatever their their arms would fall over and they would die they would they couldn't they can't withstand the freeze he said they were never meant to be here and i remember thinking oh my gosh this is what we do we look around and we think if i could just be like that person and god is saying i never meant you to be her I never meant you to be there. You were not meant to thrive in that. You were meant to thrive exactly where I planted you. And I think about that even with just um, the places and the people that God brings into our lives, that it's so easy to think, well, I'd be successful if I had those opportunities, or I'd be successful if I had what she has, or I'd be successful if I had, you know, this much more money every year. And God is so gracious and kind to put us exactly where he wants us to do what he needs us to do. And that story of that cacti, well, I'll never forget when he said they were never meant to be here because they couldn't survive. And I thought, man, God, I want to remember that. I want to remember that you and your sovereignty and your grace and your goodness and your kindness, you have not only given me everything I need, you provided for me, but you've put me where I'm able to do what our verse says, to be that light, to do exactly what you've asked me to be. Because at the end of the day, I want to shine so bright for him. And I don't want to always be thinking I could shine Brett better if I had what she has. And I instead want to go, man, thank you, God, for the gifts and talents you've given me because I'm going to use them to give you glory and to make you known and to shine bright like a city on a hill. I love it. And we, we, we see that in you, Jamie, and we're so thankful to have you. Thank you for sharing your story. I'm so like, I was so thrilled to get to kind of sneak peek at your book and it's so good. Everybody like you really ought to get it. It's called UBU and it just, it really kind of, she, in this book, fleshes out some more for us of what we've been talking about on these three episodes of how do we live out our calling? How do we find contentment? How do we find real success in our lives? So I hope you guys get a chance to read it. And thank you, Jamie, so, so much for your time today. We just really, really appreciate having you on the show. Thank you. I enjoyed it. And I'm going to say again, I love what you guys are doing. Thank you for shining that light right where you are. I love it. Thank you, Jamie. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell Podcast. You can find out more about us at Dwell Differently on Instagram, Facebook, 
and at dwelldifferently.com online. We help people connect with God through scripture memory, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.